Warning, the podcast Under the Stairs is not safe for work. We'll feature movie spoilers and language which most listeners may find offensive. Brought to you in conjunction with Legion Podcast Network. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. This is episode 134. I'm your host Duncan McLeish and welcome to the show. Episode 134 is the conclusion, our second part in our Russian Roulette franchise retrospective looking at the Final Destination series. This show contains reviews of The Final Destination, which is part four of the franchise and Final Destination Five, the final instalment overall. I'll be joined by two fantastic guests coming up, Dan Chase from Cut the Chase and formerly of the Skeleton Crew, and the incomparable Jamie J. Salmons from so many shows, I lose count, but you should listen to her anyway on all of them, and then go and listen to them all again, because she's absolutely fantastic. So the two podcasters will be joining me on these two movie reviews. Uh, it's just worth saying that uh, we had a slight delay with our bonus episode due to me being struck down with a cold. You can probably still hear it in my raspy, slightly deeper voice. Um, but I did put out a bonus episode yesterday and it is on the new Hellraiser movie. I was joined by Andy Blockley and we looked at Hellraiser Judgment, which came out just about a week ago. So go and listen to that. It is in spoiler and non-spoiler format. So just be sure you're checking that time code uh, before listening to that show. If you want to go into that movie completely cold, then don't listen to it and then come back and listen to it once you've checked out the movie. So yeah, that episode dropped. Um, Yeah, it dropped yesterday, believe it or not. And uh, this is another two-episode week. Coming up on Thursday this week, we will be bringing you the listener portion of our movie club looking at The Cottage. So we have had, I think at this stage, about five reviews um, so this is the final push, Wednesday is a cut off date, so Wednesday this week, cut off date for you to get your reviews in for The Cottage from 2008 to make it to that show. I reckoned I'd only get about five reviews, so anything above what I've got just now is cool, kind of happy with that, it is a fairly obscure movie I understand, um, especially if you live over in the Americas and not necessarily in the UKs. But that's cool, that episode will probably be a bit shorter, but I can live with that. Um, The following Monday, we will be putting out Bazzy's graduation from Horror High. That's right, my wee boy is all grown up and he's no longer a horror novice. And we will be concluding that with a very special episode with uh, two movie reviews that I'm not giving away. It is going to be, trust me, the biggest surprise of your life when that episode drops because I'm not telling you what the movies are right up until it drops uh, and then you have to deal with it. I will of course obviously tease certain sentences from it because I am the consummate tease but yeah you have to wait like everyone else to find out what that episode is and trust me when I say you have no idea how fucking awesome it's going to be so that's dropping on uh, a week today. 
there last Monday of February. So yeah, we've got loads to talk about, two movie reviews to get into, so I'm going to take my first break of this episode. You're going to hear promos for shows that I love. You're going to hear the random selector. You're going to hear the entrance music for my guest. And then coming up, I'm going to be doing The Final Destination. Myself and my guest, right back, right after this. Hey, did you guys ever notice that podcasts talk about the same movies over and over again? Yeah, as much as I love Friday the 13th, I don't need another show telling me how good it is. Exactly. Same thing goes for Halloween. It's a great movie, but come on, there's other stuff out there. There should be a show that highlights movies that everyone else seems to skip over. Like, oh, I always wanted to talk about Absentia. And I want someone to cover the room. The Skeleton Key's a good one. Then let's just do one. We can call it The ABCs of Hidden Horror. And we'll go through the alphabet talking about our favorite horror flicks that get ignored. Great idea! I know what my first one's gonna be. Join Brian, Dave, and me, Jamie, for The ABCs of Hidden Horror on the Horrorphilia Network where we might discuss some of your neglected favorites, or introduce you to something new. All right, all right, welcome to the Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast. Oh, Dave, Dave, hold the phone there, man. This isn't a show, it's a promo. Oh, sorry, oh, my bad, I'm sorry. Wait, a a porno? With just the three of us? Well, I guess I'm game if you guys are. No, 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 you idiot, a promo. Oh, promo, I, I knew that, I was just cracking wise. Okay, can we do this now? Ah, wait, looks like I lost my notes. What are we gonna do? Of course, okay, look, I'll, I'll handle this. All right, everybody, I'm Christian. You may know me from TJF13, this guy over here. That's Dave Z. You may know him from Banana Laser, The Skeleton Crew, The ABCs of Hidden Horror, and this guy, this guy over here, that's Brandon. That's Brandon? That's it? That sucks, man. Yeah, what the hell's with that? There's nothing else you can say? No, not really. Well, he's quick with a joke. Or a light of your smoke. But there's some place that I'd rather be. Ah, who cares about us? Let's say something about the cast. Okay, cool. We're the Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast. We review, dissect, critique, and make fun of horror movies new and old. Sounds a little bit cliche, but I guess it's okay. Dave, why don't you tell them a little bit about some of our big shows, like the 40 Years of Horror, our Top 50 Slashers, even our classic format of pairing a new and an old movie together. Yeah, and how I have to edit like three, four-hour shows twice a month just because we watch and review so damn much. Yeah, and how we do feature-length reviews, shorter-length, round-robin reviews, Top 20 Topics, and a lot of fun interaction with listeners. That about covers it. All right, sounds good, guys. I knew we could do it. Tell the fine folks out there where to find us, Dave. Oh, yeah. Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast can be found on Horrorophilia.com, the Horrorophilia Network, LegionPodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and anywhere that fine podcasts are heard. All right, that's a wrap. Now, guys, tell me, what's the deal with this uh, porno? Are you the caboose or the engine? Them's the jokes, folks. <laughs>
alive and so are a lot of other people. I keep having these visions. I see how the next person was gonna die. What do you mean, the next person? Survivors in the accident. What if we weren't meant to survive? What's gonna happen to us? I think we can stop it. Look out! Well, you haven't missed anything. We were just cutting to the chase. <laughs> cutting to the chase. <laughs> well, you'll laugh later. Cut to the chase. Cut to the good times, good times. Cut to the taste of a salt lake lime. Margarita kiss in the sweet sunshine. And welcome back. So this is the first movie review of the second instalment of the Russian Roulette franchise retrospective looking at your choice, ladies and gents, Final Destination. This is the poorly named The Final Destination, but then again, it's a horror franchise. And when you put the final in anything, that means there's going to be at least one more after it because that's just the rules. We don't make the rules, but we obey the rules. Um, so my first guest joining me to discuss... This uh, rather interesting little out into the franchise. As a guy that's not been on this show for, I reckon it's about three years, which is fucking criminal. And I should be locked up in prison, dude. I should be in prison right now, like rattling a tin can along some fucking irons, like singing singing woes and play, learning to play harmonica, which is something I've always wanted to do, but I think prison <laughs> would give me time to do it. Um, he is the man behind the... <laughs> <laughs> uh, behind such fucking like the, the amount of one liners that this guy has got is unbelievable he was one third of the Skeleton Crew podcast the, the now defunct spe- uh, Skeleton Crew podcast and he has his own show called Cut to the Chase which which I, I love it's very near and dear to my heart it's the fantastic Dan Chase how you doing sir? <laughs> What's up dude? Hey Duggan if you were in jail I'd totally put money on your canteen bro <laughs> We'd be cooking ramen noodles up in there. Yep. Oh, would. all that. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, we'd have, hopefully we'd have enough cigarettes to pass yeah. around to afford those little flavour packets. Otherwise, it's just like, it's just boiled ramen, man. That's not cool. Those flavour packets are everything in jail, man. Those things those things are fucking high price, brother. Yeah, that's, that, and that's, how weird is that? How weird is that? That that's what like you you're like he. It's like that scene. What is it in in the land of the blind? The guy with one eye is king. It's like in the <laughs> land of prison, the man with ramen sashi noodles right. uh, is king. That's insane. 
Well, and, and in prison, <laughs> exactly. And in prison, though, everything revolves around food. So, like, when you have um, poker games going, it's all, you know, to win food. Like, you know, so because there's no drugs in there. Well, some jails there are, I guess. But there's nothing to do but uh, but eat food and, uh, and, and and all that kind of shenanigans. So, yeah, dude, ramen noodles is Kang in jail. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why we went off on that tangent, but I'm kind of glad we did. I, hey, honestly, Duncan, I just want people to get used to it because that's what they're going to get for the rest of this episode. <laughs> yeah, we we, uh, we joked kind of long and hard about this one um, in the build-up that you pretty much said, give me any in the franchise, just don't give me four. You couldn't have wrote that better, by the way, too, because I, I was legitimately fucking against it and legitimately pissed when my name was <laughs> I love the I love the fact that you were like that. Jamie says that she's going to swap with me. Yeah, like, <laughs> Jamie wasn't online either. <laughs> like it took about it took about two days for her to come back and say I never said that. <laughs> like, I kind of thought that was kind of amazing. Um, so like, Jamie, <laughs> she's like, I never said that. Like two days late. Um, so. <laughs> So yeah, oh. you landed the the final destination part four. I saw this at the cinema. Uh, oh. I don't know if you saw it at the cinema as well because this one was like this was when like remember remember there was that like two year period where it was like super fashionable to have a three D horror movie. Yes. So we yep. had uh, like Drive Angry and um, yep. what was it the the one with the is it My Bloody Valentine was in three D. My Bloody Valentine, yep, um, the Piranha movie. I don't know when that came out, but yeah. yeah. That, it's all about know. this time period where they were like, yeah, let's do them. And I, I, in principle, I think it's a cool idea because you can get away with kind of silly jump scares and techniques using right. 3D. And if you're going to do that, Final Destination is probably the right franchise to do. The best. With. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you can get a lot of cheap jump scares. Me and my wife went to see this. And we sat in the cinema, and I think it was the first 3D movie we'd seen together as a couple. And um, that wheel coming off at the start and heading towards the crowd, and she put her hands up. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, embarrassed as fuck. I can't sit beside this woman. I can't be going through this whole movie <laughs> with her throwing her hands up like that. That's embarrassing. <laughs> I mean, what the fuck is going on here? Um, needless, to, needless to say, the rest of the movie, she didn't really do that at all. But I came away very much of the opinion... And I just want to stress, that was the only time I'd seen this movie up until last night when I watched it for this recording. I'd only ever seen it once, but I came away with it going, that's probably the worst in the franchise. And I will spoil things straight away at the start. I stand by that statement, but I'll go one step further. I I think this um, is worse in the franchise by quite a bit. Yeah. It's yeah. Oh, by really far. bad. Yeah. Yeah, and in so many different ways too. That's the thing. Like, like it's bad on so many different levels. But at the same time, it's kind of the um, the Batman and Robin of the franchise. Like, it had to get that. You know how Batman got rebooted or whatever. They came back with five, and I think really got it right. But I wanted to ask you um, because I know you have all the other, uh, you know. people doing act you know good movies actually um <laughs> how what what are your feelings real quick of like one through three and then five without going into spoilers like um, yeah, yeah. i just want to get your feelings on yeah it. so um 
part one I love. I think it's mm-hmm. I think it's one of these. It, it feels like an elongated X Files episode because it is. It's the guys yeah, behind the X Files that did it. So um, the second one I think is a lot of fun. I don't think it's as good as the first one, but I think it's a really solid second mm-hmm. installment. The third movie, when I watched it the first time at the cinema, I hated it. Um, and watching it this time around, there was actually quite a lot about it that I liked. I think it's yes. dumb, but it's fun. At least it's fun. Um, nice. I actually think. And I, I'm kind of letting the cat out of the bag here because I'm talking about five next. I kind of, I kind of think five might be the best. It is. Yeah, I think it might be, and it's because I think it's because not, it handles the fun aspect really well. It it gives great character development. It links into that first one, and I think it's actually a genuinely clever movie. Um, yes. I yes. think it manages to handle all that, which makes me wonder why this one couldn't handle any of it. Like it couldn't do anything. Like, like that one gets everything right. This couldn't even get one thing right. Right, uh, and you know what, dude? I don't know who's to blame for that. But at the same time, it's um, it's very like so when fi- like you said with five, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's very clever in a sense where I love all those little hints in terms of what the ending is and and what's going on with that movie. You know? Yeah. Um, I don't. I'm trying not to spoil it, but whatever. So, um, but but with that end, it is clever in that sense. And you're right, it's dumb, but that's what this franchise is. Mm-hmm. It should be stupid, like and. But you can still have character development. Uh, you've seen it. We've seen it a million times, dude, in slashers, where you can still have character development. Oh, yeah. But but it be like a crazy fucking movie with a with an insane body count, you know. Mm-hmm. And and like you said, um. The 3D aspect works if you're just talking cool kills and stuff like that. And uh, and, and I, I'm so glad you said that about about three as well because I I really like two. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with pretty much everything you said by the way through all the movies. Like I, <laughs> that's pretty no really that that's pretty much in line with with uh, with how I feel as well. I might put two over one. Maybe, but anyways. Uh, yeah. So, but with three, they they introduced that aspect with the pictures and stuff like that, or whatever. Um, you could probably take it or leave it, but like in terms of like, it, it added something new to the story, which and I and I like uh, what's her name there. Um, she's a fucking pro now. Um, oh, fuck. Mary Elizabeth Winston. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. She's dope, dude. She's so good. She was in Fargo just recently, Duncan. Oh my god. So good. <laughs> she's so good. She's, uh, she's, she's in everything, but she's, she's fucking fantastic. But, um, it's, for it to take this big of a dip is very, like, that's why it, like, it's not like, oh my god, this movie's bad. It's just, you just shake your head and you're like, why? Yeah. Like, how come you couldn't do, like, like, if they took this premise, dude, and just did different shit with it, like, it'd be fine. First of all, take away the racist shit. Oh my god. Oh, like, yeah. Is that necessary? I, I think it's, I, you know what, I, I think it's, like, I think they want to be witty with it. I think that that guy dies in a, a kind of play on kind of KKK violence. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? And I'm like that, right? I, I I imagine someone like laughing his ass off in the writing room, writing this, just thinking it's like, the funniest shit ever. And when it yes. goes on the screen, it's just awkward. <laughs> it's like it's can, a tone killer. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine trying to pitch this movie though, with all the shit and then actually how like the stunts are gonna work and shit like that? It's bizarre. This movie is kind of all over the place. Yeah. And 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 I'm so like I'm so like 
confused by it. Like, it's almost like, dude, take this down like five notches, dude, and just simplify it. Mm -hmm. And like, you can even have characters that you don't like. And, you know, spoilers, it's Final Destination. They're going to die anyways. So you can kind of, you know, like that dick guy that got fucking sucked in by the pool. But this goes, and I I don't mean to tip my hat too early here, but this goes with one of the biggest problems with this fucking movie, too, is, okay, for a movie that's predicated upon fucking cool death sequences, Mm -hmm. this movie does not have too many of them. No, Um, not at all. It's the the exact opposite. (laughs) Exactly. It's dude. Yeah, it, there's a lot of off-screen shit. Um. Oh, by the way, I'm watching the credits in this movie, and there is a lot of people on stunts in this movie. Yeah. I don't know like what those stunts were necessary. Like a lot of this shit, it's like CGI and shit I, like that. I wonder. I'm, I wonder if it is actually like because the the opening credits for this movie are essentially all the highlight deaths from all the other movies, but done as like right. Mortal Kombat fatalities. You know, so that. <laughs> X-ray shit where you see bones cracking and stuff. Um, so I wonder if it's that. I wonder if it's people in suits falling over and you know them using like what they do in those computer games with the you know the way they make them wear the suits and then they can CGI them. I wonder right. if it's that because that is the only thing, the only thing I can think of that constitutes. There wasn't that much in the way of stunt work at the the opening sequence or at the big mall set piece either where I, I genuinely don't know. That's my only guess as to where yeah. they did them. But you're right, the list of stunt people involved. And it's quite, it's quite ironic as well because the guy that directed this is a stuntman. Um, right, His credits yes. are like longer than my arm of the stunt movies right. that he's done in. It's also the guy behind Snakes on a Plane. I'm sick of these motherfucking snakes. The snake on my motherfucking <laughs> plane. On my motherfucking plane. <laughs> so which is, you know, he, he kind of... I can't remember if he did it before or after this movie, but... One of those was a highlight, and then he did this movie as well. And the thing yeah. is, as well, he did the second movie, which is did frustrating. He? Oh, wow. So he directed the second movie. So you have James Wong huh. did the first movie and the... What's he... Is it the... I can't... James Wong did two movies, and this guy did two movies as well. Uh-huh. So I, I don't know. In fact, I've got the IMDb in front of me. I should have just looked at that. Uh, <laughs> like I should, instead of me fumbling for an excuse, and uh, he, yeah, he's got seven credits against his name. He did Final Destination 2 as director and the fourth one. So this guy can direct a Final Destination I, movie. He has done one before. Yep. Uh, yep. No, no, fuck you. Fuck you, guys. Um, he went off this one and did Shark Knight 3D, so obviously someone was like, this ah. guy can direct 3D movies. Um, right, right. <laughs> and he's not I, done I, anything I... since. <laughs> Right, and, and you know what, too? I'll be honest with you. Um, if he, I, I did not know that he did too. Yeah. But knowing that now, um, and obviously I don't know, but I would assume that that the studio had some so, something to do with how this movie played out. Um, cause, but then again, the writing is horrible too. So like, yeah. you know, you can you, <laughs> you can direct something really, really well, but if it's if it's shit writing, like, and and I have a big problem with the writing in this movie and that doesn't really bother me too much unless it's like really bad and obvious in movies and dude this shit's so horrible Duncan it's like (laughs) what the fuck dude like all the conveniences in this movie and I I, I don't mean to jump I just don't want to jump around here that's what I'm trying not to do I will will bring us back to bring it it home Duncan (laughs) it was was written by the guy that did the butterfly effect so there you mm. go. Um, so, uh, <laughs> right, so the, I have four questions for you, Dan Chase. 
Yes, um, do it. I, the first question is, we may struggle with some of this, uh, the first question I need to ask you is, what does Final Destination 4, or the Final Destination, what does it do right? Nothing, next question. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, okay, so things this movie does right. Um, wow. Uh, what this really is difficult. Okay, yeah, it's, were... it's not. It's not an e- like it's not an easy question. I have some things written down, but okay. the things okay. I've got written down. When I say written down, I mean mentally. I don't write anything down. Uh, the, the things that I've got written down are all like factoids about the movie, and not anything the movie does. <laughs> if you know okay. what I mean. So it's like I, I love the fact that it does try and link back into some of the other movies, and right. that when we're watching it, there's a bit where. <clears throat> Nick's um, beside a sign when he gets his premonition and the sign says Clear Rivers Water and Clear Rivers is a character from the first movie so I'm like oh that's kind of cool like there's a scene where in the background in the news they're talking about accidents that happen on roller coasters so that's a reference you know what I mean that's a reference to a previous one even down to the the name of the speedway that they're at is named after the main characters I think it's uh, McKinley's McKinley's. yeah McKinley is the name of the character well one of the characters from Final Destination 3 so like it kind of kind of does that which I There's think There's a 180 is, on the top of the bus at the end. Yep, so once like, again, you're like that 180 that links back into all the movies because 180 is referenced in all the movies. So that's, that's kind of cool. Um, yeah, it, there is a, according to IMDb, this is the only Final Destination movie with a sex scene. Um, which, <laughs> oh, right, yeah. give it cred for that because that was, she was hot. But that was so random, dude. Who fucks a chick in a little, um, in a thing, like, oh, right by knows? a pool with who mad knows? people around? What was that, dude? Who knows? Who knows? The guy was a total dick as well. Um, that's not how things work, Duncan. Like, yeah, that's, like life is death, not like that. His death is, like, his death in particular, right? His death in particular. <laughs> we're going to get, like, we're, we're talk about the bad stuff. <laughs> that's not how physics works. Right, right. <laughs> like that's like, legitimately. You defy the laws of gravity. Yeah, that's not how shit works. So, um, so yeah, like it's all that sort of stuff. I don't right. actually think the movie does anything well. And I think you're. I think something you said earlier on is one of the big issues with me, as I think the writing. See, even if the writing was good, but the kills were bad, at least you can lean back on that one. Right. But the kills are kind of mediocre in this movie at best. And yeah. thus, you're kind of like that, right? I need something to grab onto here. And the writing is horrible. <laughs> horrible. Horrible. I, I will say there was one thing that I did. It's not even that I liked it, but it's one of the better parts of this movie. Because it actually surprised me. And I forgot about this when I saw it um, initially. Uh, so... Uh, it's the third act of the movie, right? Yep. And it's prepare. It's preparing for the third uh, act. He's walking with Bubba Gump. By the way, <laughs> the best, the best fucking line of the movie, dude. And the best scene is when he's hanging, and he's like, "I've been trying to kill myself all day." <laughs> he's like I took a whole bottle of painkillers he's like he's going off just the fact that he's hanging there and he can't die that's a fucking funny thing like that's that's hilarious dude like that's some real black comedy shit that Mm -hmm. that that I I loved I thought that was the greatest shit ever but so when they're walking and then he gets hit by the bus or whatever yeah and then and then it's almost like oh shit and then it kicks off kind of the third act or whatever the one thing that did surprise me is how everything went down 
and then that whole thing was a premonition as well. Yeah, because like, when we talk about um, when we talk about specifically how it fits in terms of the the canon of the movies, right. so this this is the first movie that allows a second premonition in the movie where the character can affect what's happened. So we get like the end of the third movie when they're on the train, the the kind of subway train, and she, you know, all that shit happens, and then she finds that that is a premonition, but they're already, it's already too late. Right. So it happens right before, and then they die. This is the first movie that gives you a premonition, which allows him to affect change again. Which, I didn't think about that, yeah. yeah it's the only one that does it as well. It's the only one in the huh. uh, of all of them where they get a second premonition, like of a full catastrophe, which well- is averted. And 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 also on top of that, he, I mean, it, the the premonitions themselves are ridiculous. But the mini premonitions he has of like, oh look, like a knife, and it's like a three D knife, like <laughs> the, the the little children flashcards that they throw you, like the worst CGI, have... the worst CGI snake of all time. Exactly. Oh, dude, it's oh yes, the snake. Yeah. Oh, snakes on a plane. That's probably. But why, this right? is why he's like, can we have a snake in this motherfucking plane? <laughs> I mean, movie, but... movie. <laughs> So the the whole point of these movies, though, is to throw you off, right? Like yeah. to to show you things and to make you think that things are going to happen in a certain way, and then they don't happen in that way. Surprise, and then a badass death or whatever. Like it's actually a simple premise to where, dude, I feel like you could just write so many of these fun movies and and just implement that. And then yeah, you could throw in a little something extra, uh, you know, to switch it up from each one to another. Like we said with the with the cameras, and then with this one with uh with. <laughs> With, like we said, with the mini premonitions, mm-hmm. and then and then at the end there. But um, I feel like this is it, it, it's easy. And then with this one, I feel like they just complicated it, and it was just um, it was too convoluted in terms of like, like I said, with the dialogue and stuff, how they figured everything out. Yeah. Come on, dude. Like in the second one, it was believable. Yep. You know. And and there was just so many scenes where it's like, oh, God, this is what we're doing here. Like the scene <laughs> where they're trying to convince the asshole dude who already isn't trying to hear it from him. And then they're like, yeah, but this is what's going on. And they start breaking it down more. And, and then he just fucking laughs at him even more. It's like, why are you even telling this asshole? Like, yeah. who fucking – like, he doesn't – like, there's <laughs> just so <laughs> – Yeah, exactly. No, for real. Like, seriously, like, it's just so many scenes. It's like – it doesn't even seem like those people would even be friends, first of all. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's, it's got a Friday the 13th remake syndrome. Yeah, like where you're like that. Why I don't understand this group of friends at all because none of them seem to really like each other. Um, so yeah, we're Except already the black we're... Chinese kid. Those kids yeah. loved each other. That's great. <laughs> um, <laughs> that dude can drink whiskey in a way which is not normal. Like that oh. that particular whiskey as well. It's like my favorite whiskey. Um, like the Lagavulin 16 year old burns like acid when you drink it and he's just chugging it from the bottle yeah sure you are buddy sure you are um, so it sounds like we've already kind of started tipping over to question 2 which is what the movie yeah. doesn't do well and there is a litany of, uh, of of things this movie does not do well and I want to focus on something you said because I think it is it potentially sets up uh, the answer to a lot of the issues which is in the previous movies the deaths, even the deaths for the most part, they do ramp up and get more ridiculous as you go on. Right. Like, in particular, the third movie, there's an accident where the guy is on, like, a workout bench and the cables are snapped and he swings oh, the thing yeah. up, like, smushes, smushes his head completely. His head explodes like a watermelon that's been dropped off a building. Um, <laughs> and, I mean, at that point, I was like, right, that's kind of pushing it. But 
the majority of them are still kind of like, right, you know, a vehicle, like, the handbrake isn't on, a car, like, travels downhill. Right, those things are heard of, those things are known. This movie, I think, is they try and high concept a lot of the, the, the kind of deaths. And as a result of that, it instantly takes me out of it. And the greatest, the greatest example of this is the cinema setup the first yep. time round. Not the second yep. time round is just as bad, but the first time round, <laughs> where you basically have it's like a right a, a window's open and there's like a sheet of perspex which is you know magnifies the sun, which sets off a you know a pile of sawdust, which then carries along here and in this which awakens this. Jason Voorhees. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like you know a Cthulhu summoned in the middle of the <laughs> cinema. You know what I mean? It's like it literally like it's, it takes yeah. when you're setting up about twenty things that have to right. happen in order for this accident to take place. Right. I, I'm 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 so far removed at that right. point that I'm like and, and even then it doesn't make sense death comes for people but death kills what it's looking for in the case of this one death is death is like the American military dropping like a fucking napalm bomb <laughs> on like like about three soldiers and taking an entire village just to be sure right, um, right. You know, yes I mean, the two people that death is aiming for there die including pretty much everyone in that cinema Mm-hmm. Which and that to me is a, like a cardinal sin in this right. movie is like that's not part of death's design unless death's sloppy. It's like that, huh? I really want to make sure I don't miss out on this one, so we'll try overkill. Um, right. It doesn't right. doesn't make any sense to me. I tell you the one that I really dislike out with that, yep. like to the point where I remember seeing it in the cinema and audibly saying "fuck off" like that because <laughs> it really annoyed me. Is yep. the the woman that dies in the salon? Yes. Okay. So I just I yes I was I want to talk to you about this. Okay. Go. So none, please, of, yeah. none of the setup like we're talking about this. The visions indicate kind of what's going to happen. Right. But it's always right. not the thing you expect. Well, and, yeah, right. In the case of this one, the vision has fuck all to do with it. Out with the vision shows him that she's at a salon. That's oh it. really? I didn't yeah, notice I, that. There's, oh, there's shit. nothing, nothing relating to a fucking nothing yeah. in that vision relates to this guy in one of those automatic uh, garden moors uh, or a fucking stone or any anything like that. So that the fact that that's how she dies frustrates me because it's a shit death. All the other deaths that we have, we live in a franchise where two girls died in sun and uh, like sun sunbeds. With a fucking right. bit of wood trapped them like the most convoluted setup up until right. this point is that dead and I can roll with that because of how much fun it is. I yes. cannot roll with this because there's about five or six better deaths set up in that scene, like the the fallen, right. like the fact that she's cutting in the chair falls. That's a potential, you know, scissor accident. That's cool. The right. the kids running and with the liquid which goes everywhere which right. may cause like that's a better death the fan that drops from the ceiling and coming down that might sever head that's a better yeah. death no 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 stone through the eye that's what you right. get ladies and gents stone through <clears throat> the eye and and also too uh, yeah exactly with those setups too right are we to believe that death is trying to get her but like it just missed or something because th- there's one scene where and i forget what it is i believe it's after they give her the water by the way worst customer ever she fucking shows up it's fucking saul goodman's assistant she's like we're closed <laughs> She's like, it is. And she's like, we're closed. And she's like, oh, come on. And then she asked for water. I'd be like, yo, let's 
get this fucking bitch out of here. Yeah, that, that, she was hot. <laughs> yeah, she, she, she would have got some water with traces of urine in it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I would have done it. But so, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, with that with that piss water, though, it, it travels at one point and it carries a cup on yep. it. Yep. And this is where you fucking forget it, dude, because then there's other scenes, too, where, like, screws just start undoing themselves. Now, yep. in the first few movies... Things happen, yes, but it's like wind that affects this, and it's all like, yeah, it's almost plays to a sense of this is still reality. Yeah, you someone, know, like, someone's leaned like they do it, like even up to the third movie, they, they put something on a shelf which is already unsecure, which makes it more unsecure. Which all it takes is one thing to set off, and this one, no screws are actually undoing themselves. <laughs> Well, it's, it's like death has went over the top in this movie. Like death is like that. I'm going to wipe out an entire cinema. I'm going to start unscrewing screws from the back. You know, I'm going to be more hands-on. In previous movies, maybe I didn't get as handsy as I wanted to. In this movie, I'm going to make sure that I'm involved in every single little aspect. And all those things aren't going to work. What's going to happen is just a natural accident with a stone. Yes. Really? Yeah. Really? Ah. <laughs> oh. Exactly, and then and like you said, there's so many red herrings in that one too. Even with the guy fucking pouring the gas with the cigarette and stuff yeah. like that, and you you wonder where it's gonna go. And I know like that's the fun of it, but like when it's not executed well and it's just kind of a letdown. And and okay, like e they could have still even done that death and done everything, but like just a little differently. Like yeah. like I said. Like, Treat it like like it was, you know, number one or two again. You know, that shit wouldn't happen in, in one or two. It's almost like they're taking certain liberties and stuff like that. Now, yeah. I think that – so I think that what they add to this um, this movie – like, so everything's bad in this movie. We've, we've pretty much <laughs> said it. Like, there's not one good thing where it's like, Even oh, the opening yeah, but... sequence. The opening sequence. The, the, all the movies shine with their opening sequences. This one is just – but like we'll set it at a, like a like a motorcade. That'll be fun. And I'm like, right, well maybe. But then we're sitting there watching concrete pillars start to crack, right. and you know, like, and then a car like do a leap through like some fencing, and that's going to explode. And then that explosion is going to fucking set off like a thermonuclear device. It's going to wipe out everything. Doesn't make any sense at all that like you sent me like everyone should check the facebook group page because i like literally piss myself when you set that thing with a woman who dies by like fucking engine block it's, it's so a, ridiculous it's like the, one of the most it's one of the worst things well it's almost as bad as the girl that dies outside of the venue from fucking one of the tires <laughs> <laughs> the tires just like out of the fucking venue and just fucking murders her, dude. And I get it though, like, and, and I understand like some people, are like, yeah, but it's like it's such you know black comedy and it's so ridiculous, like. And I get that, like yeah. shit like that is like actually hilarious, like really. She just got, but but it, it there's also a point too where you get into like Sharknado territory, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, she could, I could have imagined this movie like after this one ending up in a sci-fi network to continue making like it, 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 to me it boggles my mind that they managed to do another one of these movies and actually nail it after this one it's almost like like you said it's almost as if this is the the rubber nippled batman suit 
entry, you know. <laughs> like you the, had to get this bad just in order to get better again. Yeah, yeah. you know, I had to get that bad for someone to sit there and say, well, why do people not? Well, maybe it was because it was shit. Uh, maybe we need to develop our characters a bit more. Maybe we need to put a bit more energy into kind of grounding things. And maybe we need to do all these things. The third right. question, um, yep. and we're kind of, once again, we're, we're already jumping into it, is that, like, in terms of the, the franchise as a whole up to this point, does it break any rules? And I think we kind of we talked about it. The the setup, the fact that they set up this idea of him be able, being able to view another high concept death and affect change in it seems weird to me. Um, and uh, I understand the idea behind it, but to me, he's not like better people in previous movies have have kind of tapped into death's plan. Right. than this guy and I've not been able to to do what this guy does um, yeah. and it's, it's, a, it's a big issue for me I also think like you say I think death being a bit more involved um, mm-hmm. kind of feels you know when he's like when you have the kind of retake on the mall death and right. um, there's liquid like flammable mm-hmm. liquid coming out and then it, it doesn't move like liquid would move. It's almost it's almost as if it's a being fucking Ian Malcolm's chaos theory from uh, from Jurassic Park. You know, yes, it, yes, it, it exactly. just doesn't. It doesn't make sense of it. It doesn't naturally move. So death's affecting that as well. And it's like death's just very very hands on in this one. And I I don't quite like. And I don't like how on the nose it is at the end. I mean, they, they go into, a, like, a coffee shop called Death by Caffeine. All these characters, right, all these characters are now hyper-aware that Death has a grand design and looking at signs, yet they go into a cafe called Death's Design, which has a men... Like, every drink on the menu has death-related right. topics in it, and they overlook that whole thing until, you know, <laughs> until they're sitting there and he's actually like, wait one second, maybe... Wait, they're talking about it and there's a flyer and there's a flyer and I don't know when that's I think that happened I think that's uh, the third movie introduces that this idea uh-huh. that at the very end you can see the signs of everyone else's deaths right well, and I don't yeah, like yeah. that as a concept and they play more into it in this one the fact you mm-hmm. can see like a poster for a motorcade the fact you can right. see something about right. a, like a pool death like all these things in this one place where they're sitting and that's what triggers these not not all the everything else that's blatantly advertised around this coffee shop that says the word death that triggers nothing Dan but him sitting right. there seeing a like fucking like the end of the usual suspects like looking at a board like seeing a like Kobayashi you know what I mean like all, all this shit is the thing that triggers them off I don't like that I think it's I think it's messy I think it's over the top I think it kind of follows all the kind of crimes that this movie kind of does they, the, the only thing it does like in keeping with the tone that I kind of like is the second movie is the only movie where the central character survives yeah. um even though you get a death at the end, which is hilarious, right. but it's the only one where the central character survives, um, yeah. and this one keeps more in tone with that, where the you know the central character dies. But right, what, what do you they, think? 
They should have had Candyman walking out of there like Kaiser Sosa in the end and just like, <laughs> start walking right as soon as, soon as the time. But you're right; it has nothing to do with anything in there. Yeah. yeah, and but he does say a line which I was trying to figure out, but like I think that I probably thought of it more than the writers did because they were just trying to be clever. But he was like, "What if this was Death Death's plan all along to yeah. put us in this room, right? Uh-huh. And then the truck comes, right? So yeah. regardless of how that truck actually fucking veered off or whatever, actually doesn't it happen? with the scaffold yeah so he points out yeah so he walks past points out dodgy scaffolding and then walks in there the dodgy scaffolding knocks something over which diverts a truck in a different direction which careers into the front of the shop so so he's kind of you're right though that that to me i don't yeah that would be cool in principle Mm -hmm. if the movie went out its way to set up this idea that death you know, had a grand design, but that's what you're getting at the end, and everything else has right. been the set up to it. But it doesn't do any work at all to it, set that up. Exactly. So it doesn't mean anything right. by the end of the movie. It's the same ending we've had in pretty much every other movie. And, yes. and to me, I'm like, that's a cool, that that's a really cool concept. I kind of love that. Like, that to me is like, they take that idea and then they refine it in part five. Wait, so you mean you mean like thinking that you're okay and they that they got it all figured out and then the end hits and then it's like oh no like it's still got you that is that what you mean yeah like that's like that's like every other movie what I'm saying is like at the end of this movie what you're saying which I think is a great idea of this idea that death always had that death in that coffee shop planned out but he's basically done everything beforehand to make sure that death happened, not had to right. readjust his plan, which it doesn't work in this movie because it's not paid off anywhere else. There's nothing that sets <laughs> up for it. But part five takes exactly the same idea mm-hmm. right? Um, for the end of that movie and how like its grand design leads it somewhere else at the very end of that movie um, yep. and just works it out better. And it kind of, once again, it kind of feels like this movie needs to fail at doing that for someone to go like you, that's actually our. That's a better idea. I wish they'd just done that. In fact, that's right. what we'll do in our next movie. Well, um, the, yeah, right. You know what I mean? It just it yes. feels so yeah. so absurd that like you you can there is no merit to do that in this movie to to see maybe this is death's plan all along. No, you've set up nothing to give us that. At least pay it off somewhere else. Exactly, dude. Exactly, and and the thing is too. Okay, so they do it in every movie, right? Mm-hmm. And and it's like, okay, yeah, you're all set. Like it's, but it's all predicated upon people trying to figure shit out and thinking that they have the upper hand. Yeah. When when in all reality, like no, like maybe that was the plan all along or whatever. But it, but like I said, it's all based on these people being like, yep, we did it. We outsmarted them. So in this movie, though. How he figures everything out is so ridiculous. It's like so fucking convenient. He was like, that means this. And then as things are happening, like that's where, you know, like in the other movies, they do this as well. But in this one, it was just poorly executed. It was almost like they were lazy. Like you said, like they took elements of that, but they were just like, hey, the audience knows what we're talking about. So this guy knows, too. So we're just going to roll with it. And he's like, well, that means that blah, blah, blah. But if it skips somebody, then that and he's talking about skipping people like that was a big (laughs) deal in the other movie. Like that was a huge deal. Now he's just like, all right, guys, this is how it goes. I'm going to fucking Tom Brady this bitch. Let me quarterback it. Okay, this is gonna happen and because he's like so in the know of it by the end they're all fucking chummy and shit like and yeah. like you said a- and in a coffee shop like fucking what was it death by cafe yeah death by cafe that food. is the name of the fucking and everything on the menu on. like see if you freeze that menu every single drink 
is titled right. after some sort of death. And I want that, that to me, like, I have come off, I have cracked death's code. I'm now super vigilant. I know right. death's right. grand design. I could live forever, Dan, but yeah. I'm not going <laughs> to see these blatant, obvious, like, well, all, all that was missing was a giant fucking neon sign above their menu saying, right. you will die in this place. It's so, <laughs> so frustrating. And, I, like, I found myself, like, me and my wife were watching it last night, and I found myself getting, like, all the other movies, for as ridiculous as they get and as silly as they get, I can have fun with them. I just mm-hmm. got annoyed yeah. watching yep. this movie. Yep. You know what yep. this movie has that I, I wanted? I wanted Jamie J. Salmon's a point in here, uh, right to the start here. You know what the only good thing this movie does? It is the shortest by 10 minutes. This movie is an hour and 20 minutes long, and if you take off credits either side which is about 10 minutes right this movie is an hour and 10 minutes long <laughs> that's the only thing jamie said nice about it that's literally yeah it's about the only good thing the only good <laughs> thing in this movie and i totally think that's I, I, it's about an hour right. and 10 minutes when you take those off it is right. uh anything else last question anything else that we've not covered that you want to mention about the final destination uh, yeah, so I wanted to just it, it goes it goes back and forth with what we were just talking about again, but I just want to elaborate it on because it's it's funny because okay, you get you get the ending in this one and it's just it's just not even the deaths at the end there, it's like they use the fucking skeletons and stuff like that. Like it's just like a CGI thing, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so lame, dude. Like complete cop out. Like if you wanted to go out, like if you wanted to have a couple good deaths in this movie, like have have that one be the best, you know? Like, I don't know. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, so it plays out like that or whatever. It's disappointing. But um, I I just – I've said this before. I got to give five its props, though, from coming back from that because in terms of franchises, right, like you see this happen where a sequel can really dictate where, you know, a franchise ends oh, up yeah. going. Yeah, and yeah. do Duncan, I think that's why, and I this is why I asked you that question when you were live the other day. I fucking love your Facebook live videos, Duncan. <laughs> no idea, bro. Oh, I need it for my soul, bro. It's, <laughs> it's so food, dude. I love it. It's so entertaining. So thank you. But um, that's why I brought that up the other day because I just wanted to like, it's one of those things, Duncan, where I'm I'm trying to like I'm trying to think here exactly what I'm trying to say, but with five you they take the franchise in such a clever little thing like they do the same thing as four did too like yeah. oh yeah you know we're okay we're we're fucking going to paris now or whatever mm-hmm. oh no you're not okay and then they throw in that whole thing where hey it's a fucking prequel but you didn't know it was a prequel going in mm-hmm. now but did this as well kind of the opposite to that they said no motherfucker it's a sequel um you know the woods is blair witch i think that if if blair witch fucking just uh called itself the woods and didn't fucking tell anybody it was Blair Witch and fucking just released it that way i think that could have worked but they didn't i mean this is all new and mm-hmm. look at the cloverfield thing duncan how yeah. they just it on netflix the game is changing bro it's almost like and i love it personally i think it's brilliant i think with the halloween and and, and sequel coming out and ignoring uh certain fucking sequels good why should it fucking have to have to be fucking held down by these shitty ass sequels yeah and i'm sorry i'm saying it dude it's bullshit <laughs> fucking. like why not like why not fuck with time like remake anything do a fucking sequel to a fucking sequel that had mm-hmm. fucking sequels after that and who cares dude they're doing another devil's rejects probably like you know what i mean like yeah i just i don't know 
I think that that's why this franchise and then obviously part five is very important because it plays into that whole idea where nowadays you almost need something extra and then playing around with timelines and then sequels and just different things like we're talking about. I I love it, dude. It's so new and fresh. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you as well. I think... The, the testament to Final Destination as a franchise is it's the only franchise I can think of at all off the top of my head where I've watched the last instalment and was like genuinely gutted that there's not a not another one coming. They finished it so strong that yes. that but that this is this is a double edged sword. It finishes right. totally strong and you're like that. I could watch another one. Forgetting the fact that there's a very good chance the next one might suck, um, you know what I mean? Like, yep. and then you're back in yep. that position again where you're like, "That yep. I really wish they'd finished this movie." Um, mm-hmm. It's it's weird. I think part four. I think I personally think they got so hung up on the 3D. I yep. think there was guys sitting there saying, "Right, this is like we'll map it all these amazing 3D kills, right. um, and we'll try and shoehorn them in." to a Final yep. Destination movie, and as a result, it overlooks things that make a Final Destination movie fun yeah. enjoyable great you know all, all these things and i think that's where i think it's ultimately and then like like you said and I, I agree with it as well that's fine if you can to an extent lean back on mm-hmm. like a good story or good acting right. or what but this movie has none of that so ultimately nope. what you get is probably up to this point the biggest budget one but it feels the cheapest um, <laughs> yeah. it's so it's so so weird it's so weird um, and like I say, like I, I remember seeing this one and like the Final Destination being the name of it and coming out and going like that. I'm actually quite glad that that's the last one. And then when they announced Part yeah. Five, the eyes started rolling in my head. I was like, oh no. And then mm-hmm. my my feelings on that was I went in with so low expectations, and then I really enjoyed it. I was like, yeah, that's a great movie. And then coming back and watching it this time around, thinking to myself, no, it's actually the best out of the lot, and it, it makes. It really makes you wonder how they could have went so wrong making right. part four. It's like honestly, it's like almost you joked at the start when I said, "What does the movie do right?" You were like, "Well, nothing." And I think you're yeah. kind of right with that. I think on almost every level, this movie fails to do what makes a Final Destination movie fun, enjoyable, interesting, great, witty, dark. All these things. There's very little yeah. of it at all in the movie. And it just kind of le- it left a sour taste in my mouth when when it finished last night, and right. it brings me to my final question for you, which is: um, we do Netflix grades over here. Uh, you may remember the old Netflix grades, Dan. It's one hated it, two didn't like it, three liked it, four really liked it, and five loved it. What would you score? And you can use point fives. Uh, what would you score the final destination? I give it a thumbs up. Oh no, we're doing old Netflix. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> um. Oh, wow. Five stars, huh? Yep. Here's the thing, man. Like, it's... Uh, I honestly... Movies like this, though, it's tough because it's not like a complete piece of shit. Like, it's actually shot, like, in, you know, the in frame and, yeah. you know, everything's okay. I'm, leaning, I'm leaning towards a two. So I, don't like, I, I, I don't hate it. I, I don't have right. it in me to hate it. But it, I yeah. don't like it. So I, I don't like it. So it's a two. I was going to say 1.5 to 2, but I'm going to go with you because I'm just happy to be on a podcast with you again. To- 
And and here's my thing. No, no, no. Here's what I want to say about this too, because as shitty as this fucking movie is, dude, I don't care about like whatever. Like the Final Destination franchise is so much fun. The yeah. fact that I don't, it didn't matter what fucking number I got. I was just happy to fucking come on because it's been years. And I was telling um, Duncan this um, off air too. Not only is he one of my favorite podcasters, um, but he's one of my favorite people in the world. I think he's probably one of the best uh if you were to ask me my opinion he's one of the best podca- podcasters out there because he is such a good person and it just kind of goes hand in hand with what he does so i love the way you fucking analyze movies but even more so dude i just appreciate the hell out of the the podcast that you've been doing you've been killing it for fucking years now dude and i just want to tell you uh i'm proud of you and i fucking love you and that whatever so <laughs> anyway, i'll move on from that though because i just wanted to say that before we before we end here because i just wanted to get that in but as bad as um the this movie is right it's funny because you just said it duncan you you were talking about uh how like all the elements are there by the way yeah but it just it has all the elements of a final destination movie it just doesn't execute so it doesn't deliver on any of them you Mm -hmm. know but it's it's almost like okay for me in this this particular time in my life or whatever like i've learned to like i don't really hate anything like there's certain things that are a waste of time now this movie in particular when you put it up to all the other ones and you realize that it's essentially doing the same fucking things just differently and adding a, a slightly different twist on it or whatever okay because it does everything wrong, it's almost like a fucking uh, a play-by-play of how not to do something. So it's almost like this is one of those movies that's actually like educational. It's like, oh wow, like I could have done that better. Like I <laughs> and I know, dude, I'm not trying to be cocky, but shit, dude, I could have fucking written a lot of those scenes better. I'm sitting there in my head, I'm like, nah, I'd totally do that, and that could fucking lead to that, and there you go. Like that that'd be a nice little fucking smart thing for the end, and blah blah blah. It's not hard. Like, and I thought of that just watching it fucking it came to me and i'm a dumbass dude so (laughs) so for that to happen to me it is nice to see sometimes to be like oh wow like it that's what a final destination movie looks like when executed fucking uh poorly on every possible level so in that sense it's whatever and i i'll actually give it credit for that and like i said it's shot in frame or whatever so yeah i would say i would say about about a two Yeah. yeah That's being generous, by the way. Yeah, I think, I, I, yeah, I, I, like one and a half, two, I think, I think feels right. I think it, it does feel right. I think I, I need to, I need to be consistent and like going through the, the previous Russian Roulette franchise retrospective, which is a tongue twister, um, and doing Sleepaway Camp, and then me and Dave Z had to sit through that one, which isn't actually even a movie. It's like a series of like previously used clips. Oh, um, I know all about it. Yeah, so like go, going through that one, that to me it, as a movie, I you know actively hated. So I know, I know <laughs> that's my benchmark. So unless it makes me feel like that, I can't say I hated the movie. I'm just, <laughs> I, I'm just disappointed. So, which in a lot of respects is a lot. <laughs> I'm worse. not mad. I'm yeah. just disappointed. Right uh, at the start of this episode, I said that you have a fantastic show going just now called Cut to the Cheese. This is the point where you get to pimp it. Tell people where they can check it out. Big Pimpin, Spanish cheese. Um, so yeah, cut to the chase. I have actually a couple in the bag. Um, 
I don't really know why I haven't released them yet. I probably should. My initial idea was just to wait, and I was just going to fucking, like, bombs over Baghdad, dude, just drop, <laughs> like, every week for a month because I haven't done anything. Um, I was telling Doug it, too. I, uh, I went up north um, to, to Maine for about a month. Uh, no cell phone, just Stephen King books or whatever. Completely secluded. So while I was up there, I mapped out um, a bunch of shows that I want to do. Pretty pretty much broke them down because uh, it's a lot. It's definitely a lot of stuff that uh that i want to cover but um but yeah i got some in the bag i've been i've been doing some guest spots here and there too um everybody listening to this they they pretty much know where they can fucking find me (laughs) on on these episodes too like it's not i'm not quiet about it so um so yeah i've been doing some guest spots i got a couple episodes of cut cut to the chase in the in the bag and i'll be recording one soon but more importantly um i have a retrospective coming up a uh, quentin tarantino retrospective and uh duncan yeah. You are being called upon, sir. Yeah, I'll be there. Just You just let me... Just tell me when, tell me where, <laughs> and tell me what one, and I'm, I'm there let for... Let me at him. Yeah, let me at well, him. Yeah. You, could, you couldn't... You literally have said the words to give me an erection. Uh, and very <laughs> few people know that. That is actually the words Quentin Tarantino retrospective. Everything... There, oh. there I go again. Uh, yes. So, <laughs> yes. Dude, and, I, and guess what? I'm doing all of them, motherfucker. I'm doing every single goddamn movie. I still haven't decided, though, if I want to do, like, you know, maybe uh, maybe two movies an episode or so. Oh, nice. It yeah, yeah. But, yeah just uh, give, just, you just give me a shout, and I am 100% there, sir. Oh, it's on, motherfucker. <laughs> I promise to give you a better movie than Final Destination 4. <laughs> King Kong. I'm just kidding. Ain't got shit on Dan Chase. <laughs> So, right. <laughs> Thank you very much for, for giving up a bit of time, Dan. I'm going to take my uh, next break here. When I come back, it's the very final movie in this franchise. It's the one that Dan said where he was swapping with Jamie and it took her two days to reply. Uh, Jamie G. Savins <laughs> is up next uh, for Final Destination 5. Um, all that and more coming up right after this. Want to learn more about horror directors? With a lighthearted look at three of their movies... Meet fearless podcaster, Gore Blimey. I've been unsettled by bats in the past and startled by parrots, and I've even been known to jump at the odd cockatoo. Discover horror films that are classics, and others, too. There's a topless aerobics massacre, an exploding rock singer, cannibals, nude martial arts, a deep fried prostitute. But it's not all silliness. You'll get proper movie breakdowns, opinion, and background information, too. Yep, in the 80s and 90s, Jeff Stryker was huge in gay porn. In every sense. So if you're a horror film fan, come and check out the Trilogy of Terror podcast at strangeanddeadly.com or find it on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or on your podcatcher. One of those people that has a certain charisma and a certain style, and I'm just hoping one day he'll rub off on me. The Trilogy of Terror podcast, where we try three times harder to give you the willies. I see that it's been quite a while since your first consultation. What made you decide to take the leap today? A lot is going on in my life. I don't want to miss anything. When we're done, you'll have perfect vision. Do you know what? My assistant's giving me an incomplete file. I'll be right back. Hold on, you're leaving? Is that supposed to be happening? You're not. 
Lords. A lucky few survive the disaster, and then one by one, death comes for them all. Are you saying that we can't stop this? There's an answer for everything. It's kill or be killed. Nobody's safe. Oh my God. to the ABCs of Hidden Horror. And welcome back, ladies and gents. So this is the final movie. Oh, no. That's right. The final movie of this Russian roulette retrospective. The second review on this episode, but final overall, part five. A nice, breezy, short retrospective into a short franchise. And I might, I might just be going on record as saying this for the first time ever. I think this might be the one of the strongest closest to a franchise of all time. Um, you heard from the random selector there just before we came in that my guest is uh, one that is not sh- not a stranger to being trapped under these stairs. She's made her uh, appearance many, many, many times. Some of my favourite recordings have been with this lady. Uh, so it is my distinct privilege and pleasure at this time to introduce the fantastic Jamie G. Salmons. How you doing, Jamie? I am doing so well. Thank you, Duncan. And I am I am super excited to be here. I when you uh oh man, when you were saying that you were gonna do this franchise, I was slightly enthusiastic about jumping <laughs> on board. <laughs> Maybe about five I, or six back-to-back messages with increasing yeah. excitement levels. Yeah, I, I think it was something like yes, 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 yes. You know, or, or you know, okay, if you if you really want me to, you know, I, okay, I guess I will. Um, uh, uh, maybe we'll clear my calendar. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is this franchise on the whole is a rock star. I absolutely love it mm-hmm. we were supposed to be getting around to doing this on the skeleton crew and Which we never got the chance that's why i have all the blu-rays is because alex asked me to be on that one so I oh bought, wow I, I bought all the blu-rays <laughs> i was like well, yay I'm glad, to, I'm glad they didn't go to waste no um, so you get you just give it enough time and they will eventually swing around so uh, yeah, so we never got to do that there. So I'm excited to do this here. And I only get to do the one movie. But because I'm doing the last one, that means that, you know, it. there are parts of other ones that will bleed into this one. So, yes. you know, I, I kind of got the, I, I think, 
I got the the best one, you know. Yeah. Or, and um, I'm just sorry, Dan. I'm just so glad I didn't get four. <laughs> yeah, I almost, I almost got the, almost got the the full the full uh, selection of skeleton crew on here. Um, not not quite, not quite, but almost got you all on. Uh, and yeah, Dan unfortunately landed part four, which he seemed bemused about um, but I know for a fact that that review which hasn't been recorded yet uh, but is recording this weekend there'll be a riot anyway because uh, oh yeah that's why he just he just needs to stop being a little bitch because he's <laughs> <laughs> he he will have fun with it and that's the thing is you know anything you talk about with Dan is going to be fun so uh, it's going to be it might even be the best time you have recording just because there's uh, there's a lot of fun stuff to talk about with that movie, whether you enjoy the ride of, of it or not. I don't personally, but it, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's the weird um, thing about Final Destination as a franchise. Even when I think the story gets a bit preposterous as a franchise, you can still kind of have fun with the movies, whereas a lot of franchises, um, the enjoyment goes along with the entertainment. Uh, you know, what I mean, <laughs> equal measure that you know, it just they, they start to dribble out and they, they're not great. After a while, the longer you go in, but even the, I can still find at least one or two things in all the movies that I dislike, and there isn't many. I, I think three's solid but not great, and I think four's not good. Um, but there's still a couple of things that happen, and I'm like, that's really quite fun. Um, and as long as you can latch yeah. on that, have a good time watching them, even if you don't like the movies. I mean, very few franchises can do that, and I think that's where Final Destiny. Like I say, like this is this is how you close a franchise, ladies and gents. This Hell yes, like, it is. Fucking awesome, absolutely. They got out before they had to go to space. This is true. <laughs> well, you know. Um, <laughs> Although I love Jason X, don't get me wrong, I am a big Jason X fan. So um, I don't. It, it's not necessarily a bad thing when they have to go to space, but this one didn't do that. Yes. I think they made a mistake uh, with four because they underestimated their audience, and they 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 thought, well, people are just here to see these Rube, these Rube Goldberg Rube Goldbergian deaths, yeah, and that's all they care about, and so that's all they gave you, yeah, and um, then sadly because that one was so critically maligned and i mean there are people out there who like it but for the most part it was just it was you know people weren't happy with it Mm because it was so short they didn't give you any character development they didn't give you anything good they just went death 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 and then they realized oh you know what maybe that's not exactly what people want only from this Mm -hmm. franchise so then they came back with five, which I think was amazing, but sadly was underseen because people were so upset about four. So, and that broke my heart because I think five nailed it. Yeah. And people didn't give it a chance coming off the heels of four, which we know happens in franchises all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll have a shitty entry into a franchise and the next one will be phenomenal, but no one will see it because the last one was crap. Yeah. So. Does happen? It happens. It's what, I, what I think they do right about this one, and I'm jumping ahead of myself, so I will pull myself back from the overall conversation. But I will just say before we kick in uh, to, to me asking you the questions is what I think they do really well in this movie is they ground it back to what the second movie was like, but they just make it a better movie. It's like the second movie, but with better characters, better story, uh, and better deaths <laughs> overall. Because what they do is they, like the second movie is like it's the continuation of the 
you know, it links it back with the characters to the events of the first movie, and they do exactly the same with the fifth movie. They link it back to the characters from the first movie, making this weird kind of... It's a circle of life. If the circle of life was actually about death, Jamie. <laughs> isn't it isn't it really though it is indeed because <laughs> um, that's where it all ends up all ends up on a bridge in fact like I, yeah that's the other thing the, yeah I'm, I'm jumping ahead of myself i'm gonna pull that we're, we're take a second here so this movie came out in 2011 it was directed by stephen quayle um i'm trying to think i know that name why do i know that name what's he done uh yeah nothing i've seen I don't know. <laughs> I, I know that name. He's done nothing. Well, you uh, know the name Stephen and you know the word quail. Yes. There you go. That's all you need. That is all you need. He's worked on a lot of things, but that's not how I know him. Uh, I don't know. Uh, yes. The, um, so, yeah, it came out in 2011. The synopsis is listed on IMDb as survivors of a suspension bridge collapse learn there's no way you can cheat death. There is no way that you can cheat death. Jamie, my first question to you about Final Destination 5. What does this movie do well? Everything. Let's move on. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, it, <laughs> what it, the main thing that it does well is that it gives us this beautiful wraparound mm -hmm. that fans of this series, if you were like me in the theater, then you were just about to pee your pants. You were so excited <laughs> when you got to the end of this movie because... Uh, it was kind of like how I felt at the end of Cloverfield Paradox. Mm. Um, I've still to see yeah. it. I've still to oh, see shoot. it. Oh, so. well, I'm looking forward yeah. to it, though. <laughs> Even though the internet apparently hates it, I'm looking forward oh, to no. it. I enjoyed it, and, and I really love the end. So, um, But this was... Th this. Oh, man. Especially coming off of something like 4, which I was like, meh. You know, it was, <laughs> they, were, they were pushing the 3D. And here... They still push the 3D, which I think is interesting because on the poster it says you've never been closer to death. And I'm thinking, except for the last entry where you also had 3D. So, you know, <laughs> you've never been closer since the last time you were this close. Yep. Um, <laughs> I, I do, though, I, I feel like, you know, they embraced that. I, they embraced the bloodiness and the gore and the, and the going all out as far as the kills go. But they also went back to giving us characters that you yeah. can actually care about, giving us some background, letting us know who these people are, and giving us a reason to, to give a shit that they're being killed. Mm -hmm. And uh, they went back to the lore. They brought Tony Todd back, which was uh, fantastic. Might, I've said this a few times uh, in describing people, but uh, recently, Tony Todd might bathe in blood because he doesn't appear to be aging. <laughs> Like, no, he's reached he a certain he's reached a certain age level facially, and then from that point onwards, just just not aged at all. He's like Denzel. Yes, exactly. You know, um, but they okay. They brought Tony Todd. They dumped that whole stupid thing that they did in four. And I'm I, can't, I hate to keep bashing four, but it's crap. Um, they <laughs> they had this whole stupid thing that they did in four, where they started to do like he would see visions about the upcoming deaths. Mm -hmm. And um, so not only did we get the original premonition that sort of leads us down the path that we're going, but then he started getting these weird visions about the deaths that were going to happen or, you know, uh, um, like he'd see things in headlines of newspaper articles and things would piece together and, you know, things would, I mean, just stop. Okay, then not only the one character, then another character started doing it. And like, that makes no fucking sense. None of this <laughs> makes any sense. Just stop. 
<laughs> so they got rid of that, which I, you know, I love. They did introduce, I think, um, an interesting thing as far as like taking another life and and getting gaining their years. Mm-hmm. Um, so they managed to still build on something with build on it with something different, which I think gave us a nice payoff in the end. Yes. So. Uh, I, I really, I honestly think they did a lot of things right. I, I really do. It was, it was, it's really fun. Um, yeah, I, it's fantastic. I think. Yeah, I think to, to, to jump in to a couple of things you're saying. What I like about this movie is, to me, parts one, two, three to an extent, but in particular part four, the the event at the beginning that people escape just. It, it affects my lizard brain like really really like I have I, I don't like flying and I have regularly thought of well, what happens if I'm on the plane and the plane blows up or what maybe that noise is something wrong with the engine uh, maybe not so much with the the truck with the the logs but since seeing that movie I can't drive behind a truck with logs because Final Destination 2 um, mm-hmm. you know, I've been on a roller coaster before and had a like near panic attack uh, before going on and during that something bad's going to happen there and I hate suspension bridges I absolutely despise driving over suspension bridges because I'm always concerned that they might fall um, so yeah this like I kind of the, the reason I didn't like well, one of the many reasons that people have already heard me talk about about part 4 is like that whole thing that happens at the, the racetrack at the beginning is just like when has that ever happened it's never right. happened. Bridges fall, planes crash, you know, cars pile up, and there are accidents on roller coasters. That's just a given. So, you know what I mean? Like, and yeah. there's they are grounded in a in a realm of realism. And that first movie, I mean, part five to me feels most like. Well, part one famously was like written as a kind of like an X Files. It never really became an X Files, became a movie. Um, written by the guys that were involved with the X Files. And part five kind of feels like an X Files as well. Um, which I kind of love. A very gory, very <laughs> dark, twisted little X Files episode. And I kind of love it. I, I love how. how fun the movie is. I, I, I mean, we were talking just before we, we started recording here. I remember watching five when it came out and thinking, right, if that's the last one they do, that's cool. I quite liked it. Quite, oh, quite liked how they tied the ending up. That was a fun movie that washed out the bad taste of part four. That's great. And then I've never watched it since. And then I watched it last night and prep for this. And I got to the end and I was like that. Is this my favourite in the franchise now? Maybe? I, th- I think this one has all the kind of fun and originality, even though it's playing off of like a franchise but it feels fresh and original um mm-hmm. like that first movie did and uh, they don't linger too much on the death as a killer it kind of sets up a couple of times where you know the wind blows a particular way and we're like oh that's death um without lingering on like kind of shadowy things or anything that's happening in there um the deaths are all once again kind of grounded a bit more in reality which i kind of like you know it is you know, it is likely that someone could fall and snap their neck while doing gymnastics. It is likely that someone could have an accident in a maybe not with a massage chair, but that thing with the acupuncture needles—that's not cool. Yeah, I feel that. <laughs> I, I feel no, that. No, it's not. I was, I felt so bad. Uh, I just when when he like rolled off the table and fell on his, you know, fell yeah. on his front, and so you just picture all of those 
acupuncture needles just burrowing into you. Yeah. I, just, I was like, oh! Like, yeah, it's it, not, it, not cool. It, uh, it was very visceral, very, <laughs> and... And then I can imagine the massage people walking in that room going, what the fuck happened here? <laughs> yeah, just came to, I love the, once again, it's the, 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 the movie plays with that idea of the false setup of the kill, uh, but they don't overstay the welcome like part four or part three to an extent, but part four in particular, where it just becomes like, you know, a, you know, a, blade of grass will blow in the wind and knock over this insect that will start a car which will drive yeah. down the road which will activate a crane which will swing across and knock over a building which will then I don't know take off and <laughs> fly into the sky block at the sun and all life on the planet will die Jamie um, it's like it, it kind of grims it a bit more so the the setup for the gymnastic death is about three or four false starts and just having that screw on that that balance bar oh god the tension is ridiculous <laughs> and it like that if you stand on it it'll like... hurt but it'll not hurt like like death but still not kill not kill well i mean it hurts to step on things and you have a little girl so you've probably stepped on your fair share of Le toys Lego. and legos Lego. yeah, you know Lego. that shit hurts yeah, you know, Lego. so when when I'm watching and waiting for someone to just step on that screw, I'm like hiding behind my eyes going, oh, God, it's going to hurt so bad. And then when she actually does, I'm like, oh, Jesus, you know, it's um, and it's not who you think it's going to be. And it's not when you think it's going to be. So they do a really good job with that. I will say I don't. I yes, I'm sure someone could die during during gymnastics. And I watch a lot of fail army. I, I'm the and, same. It brings me immense joy. And, uh, yeah, of course. And so I see people take headers and shit all the time. I really don't think anyone would ever snap themselves in half. No. Uh, I, I think if you could do that, I probably would have seen it by now, just yeah. because as many... I mean, there. I swear to God, watching Fail Army, there are so many times when I think there's no way they didn't break their neck. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, and, he's and clearly dead. He's they, dead. Yeah, right. You know, and clearly they didn't. So I don't think you're going to snap yourself in half and be that bloody. I mean, I think they went a little bit over the top with that, but... You know, in the end, it was fun. Yeah. So, um, and that's just the kind of thing you expect from this is like over the top. Um, there was a scene in the in the original part in the in the in the premonition, yeah. where the Tom Cruise looking guy. Um, yeah, he really does look he, like Tom Cruise, doesn't he? Yeah, uh, Pete. Pete, uh, when he falls off and he hits the he hits the uh, um, the cement. Yes. Thing at the bottom of the bridge. Yep. And you just this <laughs> explosion of blood. Brian. <laughs> Brian goes. Well, apparently that guy was made was made out of half water balloon. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like. Yeah, like <laughs> I mean, so it's not completely realistic every time. They do go a little bit over the top, but you know, that's that's the fun part. You know, if it was totally realistic, I don't think it'd be as joyous because, you know, it would be it would be too horrible. Yeah. You know, so the fact that they go as over the top as they do makes it fun because, you know, you know, it's obviously not real, you know, so it's not like you're looking at you know something really horrible happening to someone. You're looking at something hilarious happening to someone kind of like in a slasher film. Exactly. That, well, that's uh, the, the, the weird thing that I, uh, the journey that I've went on kind of speaking about Final Destination is like Final Destination as a uh, the first movie in particular, which obviously sets up the franchise is almost perfectly placed when it comes out uh, and I think I've said this about six times while recording this but I'm going to say it again god damn it um, 
it's like perfectly placed and that it rides it comes out just at the end of that kind of the new wave of that kind of slasher boom the teen slasher movie like, right. so those movies are just the send off so it has all the aesthetic and character of that and it lands just before the J-horror stuff starts taking off so you know you're going to be haunted by curses and death's going to come after you so it's like this weird amalgamation of both these things plus it has the gore it's almost like a template gore set up to these kind of convoluted ways that people die in movies like Saw so it predates that as well so it kind of has all these elements in it and it, it handles them really well and I think some of the sequels which don't work as well lean too much on the kills and like you said before not as much on the let's give you some characters and let's spend time with them it's like it just rushes you into death as soon as possible and that's what I kind of like about part five is that after that event on the bridge we do get to spend a bit of time before a character dies and then it's we get to spend a bit more time before another character dies and it's not rushing to get you to the end. I love the fact that we get Tony Todd when we do, and you know, the the fact that he appears a couple of times in this movie and it's not, oh, Tony's here for his paycheck, now he's away again. He, he enjoys being part of the mythology and it's a great way to like, kind of wrap out the entire story in this night, nice, neat bow. I love the fact that they do wrap it into the first movie as well, by very clearly, there are signals all the way through this movie that it is not set in 2011 whether it's a character driving in an older car uh, listening to I think it's Everclear they're listening to um, and I'm like that well that song's old uh, so you know what I mean like yeah or the the phones I mean you could always tell by phones I guess yep. but the thing is when you're watching it when you're immersed in it you're not paying attention or at exactly. least exactly but- I wasn't paying attention to that stuff you know I was just like oh okay you know which so it hit me like a, a truck yeah you know um, or a bus yeah, uh, at the end of a, at the end of a Final Destination movie. Um, <laughs> uh, when you know the first time I saw this, when we got what we did, I was like, whoa! I mean, I just it I wasn't expecting it because I wasn't paying attention to those details. I was sucked into the characters and the stories and the deaths and what was actually going on. Yeah. But then if you go back and you try to catch them in a lie, you can't because they covered their asses. They you really they did, did. It right. They yeah, did even it, they the, got it honest. Yeah, even them to about the halfway mark, um, there are already conversations about flying to Paris. And you yeah. know, that should, that should like, at that point, you should be like sitting there going, wait one second. Wait, you don't, you just, you just, you roll along with Go it. With I think. It. You got, well, because he's a chef and, you know, Paris, chef, makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen Ratatouille. You know, I know what happens. Rats yeah. cook, don't <laughs> they? That's, that's how things happen in Paris, isn't it? I keep thinking of what Matt Wazell the whole time I'm Matt, <laughs> Matt Wazell. Uh, the whole time I'm watching this, whenever they're in the kitchen, I'm thinking of Matt going, I wonder if this ever happens in his kitchen. But, mm. well, it's, uh, it's, but, I love this movie takes a kitchen and then you suddenly realize how fucking dangerous they are. Like when yeah. he's walking through to what, at the end of the movie, when he's walking through that kitchen, I'm just like, this place is a death trap. Shut down. <laughs> <laughs> Just everywhere, like I, I, I think, but that's what I, I think. That's what's great about the better Final Destination movies is the camera starts lingering on things that are dangerous that we just take for granted in our day to day life, um, and a way where you just look up, yeah, yeah, this kitchen. Look at, look, well, look at that, that that mincing device, and look at this 
the like ham slicer, and now look at these giant like steak prongs, and now like look at these. The, the, they do, and the camera just takes you through. If we weren't in the the mindset of that character, and it wasn't edited the way it is, we would walk through that kitchen not spotting much in the way of hazard or danger. Um, and the movie just puts a little twist on it, so much so that we think death trap. Um, yeah. Because well, you are where the character is. I mean, you're, you're, you are thinking what he's thinking, and he's never. I guarantee you, he's never looked at those things that way before either. Yeah. Only now that he's on the verge of death himself, and he knows to look out for shit. Uh, you know, he's just like, oh shit, you know. And she says, "What is? What does she say when he says? She's like, don't tell me you're going to work." And he's like, you know, Isaac got killed on a massage table. You know, yeah. I, if death's coming for me, it doesn't really matter where I am. And that's true. But I still think, I, I don't I don't know, I might not want to help it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to go to a place where there's a meat grinder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you, you can minimize that. You know, make, <laughs> give it a bit of a, give death a bit of a challenge. Um, you know, like, all I'm going to put down here is a... Toblerone. No, that's instant death. You chuck on that Toblerone. That's inst- <laughs> instant death. Instant death. Um, right, let's swing this to what the movie doesn't do well. I actually... The, I have very little on this list. Um, but there is one thing watching it this time round that, that kind of made me cringe a little bit. Um, the CGI? No, but the CGI isn't great. But once again, you take into account it's a 3D movie, so right. modern yeah, 3D and movies have got an abundance of that anyway. And I, it's not as as I think it's almost intentionally done bad. If that you know what I mean, it's almost it's like you like you were saying with Brian uh, talking about the uh, you know the it's just a blood balloon. balloon. Yeah, I think it's done deliberately over the top for the enjoyment factor. There is a line in this movie though where I was like that wrong decade, wrong decade. Sorry, 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 sorry. This movie is not set in two thousand or two thousand and one when a character refers to another character as a hipster. No, Final Destination Five. Hipsters oh wow! Didn't exist. I didn't even notice. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, when the girl oh. gets out of the the van with her rock star boyfriend and puts on her glasses, uh, and then starts walking down just before she takes off her top and reveals her magnificent chest. Well played, Final Destination Five. Um, most people are looking at the chest. I'm hearing the word hipster. Yeah, I was actually looking. I was looking at the chest. <laughs> Everyone, no wonder. I was like, is she, is she not going to put a top on? Maybe she'll catch a cold. Hopefully she'll catch a cold. Um, so, <laughs> Wait, so she'll be dripping snot? What, what? No, that, that she'll need to use Vic Vapor Rub. And not oh, with, I not with Not with her hand. Someone else has to apply it. What's that? You need me to apply it? Okay, then. See, I thought too much into that, didn't I? I went down the well, Jamie. Yeah, that was that. That's quite the plan that you have there, going around <laughs> planting germs on hot girl cups and stuff. Yep. <laughs> now, yeah. now you're gonna need some fixed vapor rub. Yeah, <laughs> just, I just so happened to have some with me. Um, yeah. I don't know what we're doing now, but it seems It'd probably fun. be easier to go to the beach and offer to rub like sunblock on people. You know, that's a better yeah. idea, Jamie. <laughs> I, should just, a, yeah. I should just I take her to the beach. Plan. I'll take her to the yeah. beach. That's what. I'll do. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's that. That is a line mentioned in this movie. That to me, I'm like that. Right, that kind of doesn't fit with the the time period. And yet, the CGI isn't isn't great, but. Out with that, 
I can't think of much that I don't think the movie does well. I think even when it kind of does a slight misstep, it's still fun. So I can overlook it. What about yourself? Do you have much in the way of things that the movie doesn't do well? I No, I'm pretty much where you are. I The first time we see some of the CGI, like during the uh, premonition scene, I was like, ooh. Like, it, yeah. <laughs> like I was like, oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but as it goes on, I didn't care. I just gave it to it because I loved watching it so much that it, you know, it just, it doesn't, it didn't bother me. It was just kind of shocking in the beginning because, you know, and this was, you know, what, seven years ago. So it's understandable. I'll give it to him. In the end though, it doesn't even really matter. Mm -hmm. I can't really think of anything. Like I said, there's the gymnastics death, which I think was a little bit over the top, you know, just a little bit, but you know, even then, when it happened, it still got an O oh for me, which this movie got quite a few times. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you can do that, if I'm engaged enough to make that sound while I'm watching the movie, <laughs> then I can't really fault it, can I? Uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I, there's so many things that this movie did right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is very difficult for me to pick on them about anything. Yeah, I, th- I think I think we're in total agreement there. I, th- I, I genuinely think the movie does a whole hell of a lot well, uh, which is not useful. Five movies into a franchise, I'm not supposed to be saying that, uh, unless we're talking about Demon's yeah. Van. I mean, they should have replaced Death with an ambulance driver, yeah, <laughs> or maybe brought in some kind of weird cult, or. <laughs> uh maybe had him have a baby i don't know i mean something so by the fifth by the fifth installment something off the rails is supposed to happen but they didn't do that as a matter of fact they brought it back onto the rails yeah and uh yeah i mean and and wrapped it up beautifully and i'm kind of sad that they wrapped it up as well as they did because that means there are no more yes i think that's the thing like i'm this there are very few franchises that come back after like a bit of time off uh, with a, a really great entry that then just say that's us done um, and the, the downside of that is we get that, that great entry and then we're like that yeah I want to see more you did that well uh, do another one and then you don't mm-hmm get it and yeah, yeah i think i think it's i think it's i think it's a bold choice from their point of view to to say right no more because these movies aren't the most expensive things to make and they can churn them out pretty easy and you can set them anywhere and the formula is very very clearly stayed it's apparently a very easy formula to muck up looking at you part four um but for the most part it, they're simple enough to make and the fact of all of that you know we're gonna we're gonna not only do an ending but we're going to do an ending which fits in with the mythology which is that when you try and skip death death will find a way to catch up and it's all part of this wrinkle in time um, the way things work out so obviously the events of the first movie are actually the events that were caused off the fifth movie and I think all that is brilliant because the events that happen in the second movie are then linked to the first movie so it, it, it works in a really nice way and that to me is like just that's a love of that's a love of what they're doing in the movie it's a love of making that movie and i think that's kind of awesome um in terms of love to the to the fans yes yeah those that went through them all you know it's 
it's given you it's given you a nice way to go out, uh, which we don't often get when talking about franchises. We don't often get that. Um, we've already kind of started answering this question, but in terms of the overall canon um, of the mythology for Final Destination 5, does it make any cardinal sense or does it actually stay true to the, the, the mythology kind of dictated out in that first movie? Well, it doesn't... It... It makes, and it, all right, it mostly stays true. It does yep. make an addition, but it doesn't, it's not a sin, mm -hmm. I, at least in my point of view. Yep. I, I think it's kind of a cool addition, whereas the previous one made an addition that I don't think worked at all. <laughs> this this one brought in something new and still managed to weave it into what we knew before without fucking things up. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it worked really well. Then... And then we also got the, in the end, it all came back around and really was just like, you know, the original. And I really love the fact, and we mentioned Tony Todd coming yep. back, and I really love the fact that they did that because um, that to me was one of the many things that brought it back to its roots. And mm -hmm. I love how he's like, what have you why are you following us? You were at the cemetery and you were at the, you know, you were at the gym and now you're here. And he's like, I'm just doing my job. And I'm thinking, why would a coroner be at the cemetery? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it, all the other ones make sense, but why does he need to go to the funerals of the people? I don't get it. So that was, that was kind of weird. That's but, a man that lives and breathes his job, Jamie. <laughs> he, oh yeah. He just, he just loves being surrounded by death. And you know what? He's he wasn't there for that funeral. He just likes to walk through graveyards, you know, on his days off. That's his. That's how he chills. Um, another thing that I love about this is I've always loved their title sequences. Yeah. And their credit sequences, and I'll have to give it to Part Four. Even with Part Four, I enjoyed the title sequence mm -hmm. and the the credit sequence, and and so th they had that. They yeah. just I didn't like what was in the middle, but the. <laughs> But this one, I it was so fun. Like, I was just kind of bouncing up and down on the couch when I was watching the end of this one last night. And it kind of gives you all the clips from all the different movies. Yeah. And I don't know if anybody else does this, but as, like, when we're going through that, I was going, one, three, two. Yeah. Four. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. I'm just like, every time I see a death, I'm like, that's from that movie. That's from that movie. That's from that movie. And I it just, I was so giddy. Mm -hmm. I just... Oh my God, like this was, I was excited. And that's why as soon as we finished watching this last night, I posted on the podcast under the stairs and I had that little dancing Tom from yeah. Tom and Jerry. <laughs> and I was like, this is me. I'm coming. You know, I'm yeah. so excited. And, um, yeah, cause I was all revved up. Like I could have done it. I could have done the show like right then. Only mm. you wouldn't have been able to rein me in. It would have been, <laughs> it would have been insane. But I mean, I probably should have just done some laps around the house to calm down a bit. <laughs> Um, yeah, this is this is a franchise that always gets me excited, and there are very few franchises that I feel that way about through the whole thing. Yeah. Um, Ginger Snaps, I think, is another excellent franchise, but there are only three of those. That's um, right. Yeah, yeah. And you know, maybe the secret, I guess, is to not go too far. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know, but I, think... I mean, as much as I love Friday, yeah. You know, they have so they have a couple spot. Well. Like, yeah, like two spotty ones. Eight and nine I'm, I'm not down with. But this one, 
it just, it just, I get so excited. I so excited. I think, and I think it's great. I think when a franchise remembers kind of where it comes from and, and its roots, I think that's when the, like the, the one I can think of recently is one we've discussed before in the past as well is the Chucky franchise, Shell's Play. Oh, yeah. Which I think did go off the rails kind of bad, but then the last two movies really yeah. just kind of brought it back to right, what what do we actually want to do here? What are we doing as a movie? And I love the fact that you know it gives the cameos for older characters from the original run. It's like it's it's paying reverence to the fans out there, whilst really kind of trying different things but sticking true to the canon even when they're they're updating certain little bits and bobs it never feels like seed of chucky which makes me happy um and i think that's how you do it i think that to me that's like when people when they talk about how difficult it is to to reboot something like a friday in the 13th i i'm sitting there going it's not it really isn't just look back at the formula and just stick true to that don't you know just just do that that's what fans want to see and that's what final destination 5 does it gives you what you want to see from a final destination movie it is it's the best example of looking at the original taking those elements out and then doing a box ticking exercise and a sequel and you know it doesn't it doesn't stray too far from it um, and when it does, it does it in a fun way, which just makes you enjoy the movie and have a ball. And I think that's... I don't think this movie, like you see the addition to what they do in this movie, doesn't really feel like a cardinal sin to me. It feels like, well, that's a cool element. And ironically in the movie, it, when the characters think they have done it to have death skip them, on both occasions, it doesn't happen the way they think it does. Yeah, so. I mean, because death in the end is gonna get, you know, they're gonna get what they're gonna get their shit. They're not, you know, that's no fool. Yeah, and uh, that's what I love is you can't in the end you cannot cheat death. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I love about this franchise is you start looking for little nods throughout. In this one, you get it one really early when it's um, I the forget trunk. the name of the company. Oh, right. Sorry. The, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but there's also on the little video screen that he's watching right before the premonition, there's the name of the company, like the, the retreat that they're going to. It's yes. something something 180. Um, so I always immediately start looking for the 180. Where's it? So I was looking all over. I was looking on the bus that they were on, like on the outside of the bus before they got on. And I'm like, is this number 180 or is this what, you know, and I'm waiting for it. And then it actually, you get it in the little video thing. It's, uh, I forget what it, I forget the name of the company, but it's something something 180 and I was like ah yeah. and but they don't no one calls attention to it as far as they don't have like giant arrows pointing to it <laughs> yeah. Yeah. just in the end and and just like in the end on the plane they don't um it, it, if you know the franchise you immediately know what's going on yeah and you don't have to have any explanation now of course they throw in the bit with the with the passenger who's like, what was all that about? And then the um, this is this is for the slow people. Yep. The, um, <laughs> the, the flight attendant says, oh, something about you know the plane's gonna crash or whatever, and they you know so they were thrown off, and so that's for the people who you know don't understand things and or you know obviously are coming in late to the franchise. You know, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll I'll give you that, uh, but if you 
are a fan of the franchise, you knew what was going on immediately. And yeah. that's when your heart starts to race. That's when you start to get giddy. And that's when um, you actually watch it play out knowing how it's going to end because you know how it ended in the first one. Mm -hmm. So you're watching it play out. But there was a little bit of me that was like, oh, you know, something could happen. Isn't yeah. there? You know, <laughs> um, Even though I know, I know that nothing's going to happen. They're done. You know, they're, they are over. And yeah, uh, but that's a good thing. Like it's still, it had me sucked in so hard and I actually gave a shit about these characters. Yeah. I think that's the thing for me about the first one and the fifth one in particular is the central character, our main, you know, protagonist in the movies are really likable characters. You know, to, like I, I, I like both of them and it's a ballsy move for a film to like just kill off <laughs> like, like you, the, the likeable the guy that does everything right in this movie ultimately his, his fate is sealed um, from the first movie but we just didn't know it yet and I love that I love it it's almost like it's almost like that first movie is the start of a journey which takes us to you know Sam as a character and what happens to him and that's just bitching I just think that's I think it's really really clever and really well done and I would have loved to be in the writing room for this movie where someone was like that right so how do it you know how do we finish this franchise and they're like that well this is what we're doing we, you know they save this and they go that and then he decides to get on a plane and guess what that plane's the plane from the first movie and everyone in the room's just like yes boom <laughs> fucking mic drop yes yeah. that man <laughs> I, yeah, I just think that's great. I think it's such a clever idea, and I think, yeah, I think it's, I think it's so well done. And I, I kind of like the more I, even just talking about it with you, the more I'm like that. I would like I watched it last night. I would watch that movie again tonight. I would sit down and Hell watch yeah. part five again tonight. It's just fucking great. Yeah, and she. What I love too about the ending is you have never been under the impression that she was in any danger at all. Yes. Because from the very beginning, you knew, you know, she was not part of that whole premonition thing. So you weren't worried about her. Mm -hmm. But then when you see the kerfuffle happening, happening on the plane, you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Wrong plane. Because you Wrong know where plane. it's going. Yeah. And uh, it's just, oh, damn. I, I, uh, I'm gushing, I know, but I really believe that it's, it's called for here. I really mm -hmm. think they deserve it. Yeah, I, I, I agree 100%. And uh, if anyone out there fell off the franchise, get back on that horse. Yeah, because it's definitely worth Definitely, yeah, definitely worth it. Um, is there anything else you want to say about the movie before I ask you for a grade, Jamie? I don't think so. I mean, I think we pretty much covered everything. Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. So at the risk of asking a redundant question, uh, <laughs> using the Netflix grading scale... Um, what do you give Final Destination 5? Five. Yep. I'm five. I give it a fucking five. Five. Um, <laughs> Brian, when, uh, cause we use the same Netflix grading scale mm -hmm. in our house and on other shows that I do. And it's cause to me, that's the only one it's, it's, I, I don't like, I don't like 10 scales cause I think they're arbitrary and, and in, in the end meaningless. I, I like the Netflix grading scale because basically you're just going by how you feel. Yes. You know, yes. how does this movie make you feel? So after we watched this last night, um, I was like, five, 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 give it a five. And <laughs> Brian also gave it a five. And um, it's just because it's super fun. Mm -hmm. Super fun. 
yeah, I think that more movies like this would not be a bad thing at all. Uh, and for those that are about to helm installments of franchises that have been long running, look towards this. This is how you do it, ladies and gents. This is a five from me as well. Now, Jamie, you are on some shows. Uh, I uh -huh. love the shows that you're on, but I'm very excited. On the day that we are recording this, you have just launched another podcast. I know people out there are like, what? But it's like a sub-series sub of an existing podcast that you have. Yes. So this is the moment that you get to whore yourself uh, mm -hmm. like an 18th century French prostitute, which means all, right. all, all, all frilly and smelling lovely. Um, yeah. <laughs> tell, yeah, us, tell us sure. about all your shows. Uh, <laughs> up against a wall in an alley. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, the one that you're referring to, yes, we just launched it today. I'm very excited about it. It's a little spin-off series for the ABCs of Hidden Horror, and it's called uh, Attack of the Colossal Collection. And I was going for a sort of B-movie vibe with that title, and there's a reason for it. And what this is, is Brian and I are going through, we're, we've embarked on this uh, experiment where we've decided to go through our film collection and watch every single movie that we own in order. And we started on January, but yeah, we started on January 1st. And then we had several people who knew that we were doing this say, Hey, why don't you, you know, do a show about this? I'd love to, um, like follow along with you and see what you're doing. And I thought, well, that's a lot, you know, um, and do people really want to hear that? But we had several people uh, suggest it to us. So we said, you know, why not? So what we have done is uh, we've started chronicling our viewing. And they're basically little quick one-hour episodes. Uh, like most of them have been we've, – we've got like three recorded so far. And they're either an hour or under. And they're just really rapid-fire reviews of what we're watching or what we've been watching. And um, – I think it's pretty fun. So the the first three episodes will consist solely of documentaries because the, the, uh, it took us three episodes to get through our documentaries. And then we move on to our 50 packs, uh, then like the 20, the 20 packs, 10 packs, six packs, whatever, because this is how we have them set up and in our on our shelving system. <clears throat> then down to two packs and then we get into the films proper and those go from A to Z. And because of that, so far this year, uh, with ending with Final Destination 5, which is the last movie that I watched last night, I've watched 91 movies. Jesus Christ. Since January 1st. <laughs> <laughs> it is now February 7th. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> I have watched 91 movies this year, and uh, that's insane. But it's fun. It's been really fun. Uh, it, Brian didn't want to do it. <laughs> he's, like, he's like no are you crazy that's a stupid idea and i'm like no it'll be fun so i i talked him into it and we are having fun with it we, we've ended up watching things because like we got into our first 50 pack which is like all those old classic horror in quotes movies because some of them are just not um and there are a lot of movies in those that we've never watched before you know, because you have them for the ones that you know, like every collection has Night of the Living Dead and all of that, you know, but um, there are just random rare movies that, that I've never paid attention to before. So that's really why I wanted to do this whole thing is to give me an excuse to force me to go through and watch everything. Yeah. And so I, I'm really enjoying that. So the, the first episode of that dropped today. I'm really excited to see what people think about that. And then, of course, there's Cinema Beef. 
and uh, oh man, well, I was we were clipping right along with Devour, and then we haven't done an episode in a while. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but then uh, there is the regular ABCs of Hidden Horror. We just released our. P episode and we'll be recording our Q episode this coming weekend so that has been coming out with a little more regularity mm-hmm. uh, which I'm very happy about we love doing that show and uh, I think that's that's pretty much what I'm up to these days so just one or two movies and one or two shows yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I toned it down <laughs> Oh, well, thank you very much for coming on and chatting about Final Destination 5. I'm having a blast chatting about this movie and closing out this Russian roulette franchise retrospective. This will not be the last time that you hear Jamie Jenkins or Jamie J. Salmons. Jamie Jenkins, listen to me. I've jumped back I two years. The, I know, it's okay. But, I, you know, for years, that's what I was. But you know what I also love, too, is every time, and I noticed this when you did the uh, Russian roulette thing, it cracked me up because every time you mention me, you always say Jamie J. Salmons. Yes. Jamie J. Salmons. It's like other people are like Mark, Dan, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I, it's just, it's, it, it's just, it's there, it's there now that that's just what I see. I, I don't know. I, I don't think know why. it's adorable. I don't know why it's it's just there. But yeah, um, Jamie will be back uh, in 2018 under the stairs, and no doubt. Um, I I do have a couple of movies that I'm going to message you about afterwards um, that I think would be really fun for a show that kind of have... This is the sort of show I would do with Jamie. So um, I will keep keep them. I'll keep my cards close to my chest. It's not quite... Oh no, that's the show you would do with Bass. Yeah, 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 that would be a bad show. That'd be a bad, bad show. Um, I already think that he's inappropriately touching himself when he's recording me when we're just talking about regular movies. I don't movies. doubt it. So uh, yeah, I don't, I don't want to know what happens when we're when that happens uh, but yeah um, I'm going to take my last break of the show when I come back I'm closing it out I'm doing it right after this you're listening to the podcast Under the Stairs And you've been listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. This has been episode 134, the conclusion of our Russian Roulette franchise retrospective, looking at the Final Destination series of movies. This show covered uh, The Final Destination Part 4 and um, Final Destination 5. Thank you very much to my guests, Dan Chase and Jamie J. Salmons. And thank you again to everyone that has checked out this series of shows. The Russian Roulette franchise retrospective will return. It will return just after Easter. Um, and we're going for a longer franchise this time. So more guests, more shenanigans and more misery. Yay! <laughs> there is a multitude of ways to check out the podcast under the stairs. As always, I advocate you check us out through Apple Podcast. Please come across and subscribe to the feed over there. That way you get episodes as and when they drop. Access to the entire back catalogue of Teapot's content. Please leave us a rating and a review. The ratings, five stars for example, the more of them we get, the higher up the iTunes charts were placed for people to find the show. And the review written by yourself is what will tell people why they should check out the show. It takes seconds for you to do, doesn't cost anything. It's the best way to support the show, means the world to us. You can check us out at Stitcher Smart Radio, SoundCloud, Google Play, and TuneIn. Please visit our Facebook group page, facebook.com forward slash groups 
forward slash tpotscast. Visit our website tpotscast.com and interact with the buyers on the twin prongs of social media sexiness, Instagram and on Twitter. Both can be followed at tpotscast. So like I say, I'm back in a few short days with your reviews of The Cottage from 2008. But until I speak to you then, please take care of yourselves wherever you are, whatever the time zone is and whatever you're up to in this big, bad world of ours. This is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from under the stairs and I'm signing off. Fuck yeah!